0: Welcome to this special bonus episode, School Days, and thanks for your ongoing support of the Mondays with Millie podcast. We've just clocked over 500 listens across 11 countries and Millie can't believe it. So thanks for listening and please sit back and enjoy Millie's recollections of school life. Stay tuned for season two, which will focus on the post-war years. I'm Phil Cristofaro, and thanks for listening. In what way was school strict?
1: I don't remember it being strict when you first went, but um, certainly when you got into the junior school, we were very strict. Um, the, oh, really strict, you know. We we used to go, of course, into the hall in the morning for prayers. You stood outside and marched in in file with your, in your, with your class. And um, we used to have... Uh, We'd sing a hymn and we'd have prayers and then announcements. And then they separated. In the school I went to when I was a junior, Green End School was called. I went to Old Moat first and then we moved to Green End. And the boys were separated. The school was just a one-storey building, very large, very big hall, lovely playing playing fields and and playing, uh, you know, playgrounds. But um, each side of the school was set in a rectangle. The the classrooms came round the rectangle and there was grass in the centre. You weren't allowed to walk on that grass, by the way. So the boys were on one side and we were on the other, you know, and they separated us that way. But they were very, very keen on uh, homework. We got homework, you know, Um what age I was 10. was
0: junior school year three? Was it
1: junior school? You start at about um, about six or seven at junior school. You move into junior school at
0: seven,
1: oh. and then seven to eleven, you're at junior school. You see. So but why um,
0: why did they separate the boys and the girls?
1: Well, it was just that particular school. I I really don't
0: know why. Uh so it wasn't common.
1: No, no. A lot, uh, The sco- the previous school I went to, the boys and girls were all mixed up together. But that school, they, w- they were separated. And there was this, um, I suppose you'd say, curiosity in a way. Now, the way we went to school, there was the Burnage High School, which was the grammar school that my brother had gone to. And then there was a, a long passageway between. Um, and then... On the other side of that passageway was the boys' school. So we had to walk down that passageway, long passageway to get to the girls' part, you see. And I remember one day, we were coming home, and there were two boys, one of whom was a neighbour, a naughty boy, Eric Williams, always, always up to mischief. And he was there, and he was scrubbing the wall. Someone had chalked him big letters over the wall, you see. So, of course, we were very curious about this. You know, uh, there was a a fence, you know, a high fence. You could look through the fence. It was like metal framed. So we were watching this procedure. There was a teacher standing guard and these two boys were scrubbing. So, of course, when we got home, we always had our evening meal all together. Everybody sat down for that. And um, I started to tell them about Eric Williams. Uh, writing on the school wall so (laughs) my sister said what was he writing and I said well he'd he'd washed half of it off but it it said (laughs) F-U and my father went oh he was writing he was writing fool he was writing fool and I said no daddy you don't spell fool like that you spell it -l L." and my brother said just get on with your tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so you were none the wiser, Dorothy was none the wiser, but the boys no. knew exactly what was going on. So.
1: <laughs> no. But I then thought my father can't spell for toffee, you know. <laughs> Thinks that's how you spell fool.
0: <laughs> so Eric Williams got into a world of trouble for that.
1: He did. Yes. I was I quite liked Eric. He was quite nice. He didn't pull my hair. So he was quite uh, he was quite nice, you know.
0: Was, but, um, was there a lot of bullying?
1: Not in not in the girls school. I think some of the boys were bullies. Um now when when we were in a joint school we all played together boys and girls and I was quite happy to be you know, to play with the boys. I quite like playing with boys because, of course, I was always wanting to join my brother's gang, which I never accomplished. And, um, as lo- you know, as long as someone gave me a comic or a book to read, I was quite happy to be tied up to a lamppost and sit there for half an hour while the cowboys and Indians fought each other to rescue me and all that carry-on, you know. That was the sort of games we played.
0: What are some of the strong memories you have of school? That sort of really stand out?
1: Well, I loved acting. I really did love acting. And um, I think I mustn't have been a very nice child, really, you know. I think I was a problem because um, I, at this particular time I was so happy I'd been chosen to be the princess in the, a play called The Princess and the Swineherd, and parents were being invited to see this. So of course the war had started. So um, it was difficult to get costumes. So um, the head teacher sent a note round to different parents and said, "If you have a, if your child has been a bridesmaid, would you kindly loan the bridesmaid's dress?" There were four attendants and the princess. You see, so five dresses to find. So the girl who lived next door to me was very spoilt, Margaret Parker. But she'd been to a wedding and she had the most beautiful dress. It was very expensive, slipper satin, cerise pink, and it was tiny covered buttons from neck to hem. It really was beautiful. But because it was Margaret's, I didn't want to wear it, you see. I'd got my heart set on this net, white net thing, which I suppose was a bit bedraggled. Anyway, I just refused to wear it. So, of course, teacher said you'll have to wear it because you're the princess and that's the best dress. And I don't know why I just dug my heels in and said no, I'm not wearing it. At the at the rehearsal the day before, I was still not wearing it, and everyone else was in their dresses and I was there, studied my school uniform. So uh, the teacher didn't bother too much anyway. I thought I've got away with it. So the following day, we were all in the, the staff room and uh, they were dressing, all print, you know, the children and I still wouldn't put this dress on. So um, the next thing was, my mother arrived and they asked my mother to come in and she just looked at me and she picked up the dress and plumped it over my head and I was in the dress in no time, you know. not a word was said, but she did say on the way home, you do realize you won't get the star part again because that's not the way to
0: behave you know. How old were you?
1: I would be um I would be nine then mm.
0: A very obstinate nine.
1: <laughs> yes. It was just that it was Margaret Parker's dress, you know. <laughs> and she was always poshing off about something or other. Her father wore canary gloves and spats to work. And, um, and striped trousers, you know.
0: What are spats? He was,
1: spats. Uh, well, they used to wear they were cloth covers that went over the top of your shoes and buttoned at the sides. I suppose, really, to keep your feet warm or your socks clean or something. I don't know. But very dapper men used to wear spats and uh, canary gloves. And uh, her father father was what they called a floor walker at Kendall Mills, which was a very posh department store. So, so, uh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway
0: was there sort of this thing about kids saying oh what their parents did and trying to talk them up or 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 teasing them because they did a certain job or didn't have a job or anything like that
1: No well no no I I really don't remember anything like that I mean you knew what that your the fathers did for some of your friends but not all your friends of course
0: um well, you would have had instances where children's parents or you know, fathers died in the war and they would have...
1: Oh, they did, yes.
0: ...lost yeah. a parent. Was that a regular thing?
1: Yes, I'm afraid so, yes. Yes, that happened a few times while I was at school. Um, and the t- a teacher we had, Miss Carrington, she was very pretty, actually. But you see, in those days... When women got married, they left the profession. Mm. You didn't get married teachers, not until the war. Uh, anyway, she became engaged and she was engaged to this pilot. And of course, he was he was killed and uh, it was really sad. And I do remember the headmistress actually telling everyone in the hall that we've all got to be very kind to Miss Carrington um, because her fiancé had been killed, you know. We all said a little prayer for him. She wasn't there at the time. She'd taken a week off. So everyone was very careful to be kind to her when she came back, you know. Hmm.
0: You told me a story. There was a story about a a B-26 or a B-17 <laughs> that crashed into a school. and that And that oh, there yes. was an, a, a long-lasting sort of legacy story that goes with it. Yes, that? well,
1: that's, that's that's near here. It was the Americans. They had a, a big air base here at Wharton. You know, Wharton is quite near to Lytham St Anne's, um, which became British Aerospace eventually. And they were based there. And um, this bomber, it was a B something, I forget now, one of the big bombers. It had been on this raid... And was coming back and there was a village school there of course and um he um uh, he was trying to land on the uh runway i don't i don't know why whether he'd run out of fuel or what but um he was coming in very low and he, he desperately tried to avoid the, the school and he didn't i'm afraid he hit the school and uh a tremendous amount of children, I, I just forget how many, but four teachers and the majority of the pupils died. I think there's about 20 children died, I'm not quite sure. Um, and there was a whole generation missing from Wharton, you know. But the Americans, came, after the war, the Americans uh, came back and... They were always standing well, they rebuilt school, um, and uh, they never forgot, and even up to a couple of years ago, they still had these old guys, 90-odd-year-olds, coming back to the school, you know, those that had survived. Of course, the, the, the air crew didn't survive, they died, but that was terribly sad, so there's a memorial there now in Wharton to the, the children.
0: And they were coming back to on what on the anniversary of, of, of it happening. Yes. Mm, terribly sad. And um, I guess uh, the impact of that on a community just would be unbelievable, well, it was ju- incalculable.
1: Yes, it was just a small village, you see, you know. It wasn't a big school. It was just a village school. But uh, that was a big shock because... In in Blackpool, they only ever had two bombs in Blackpool, and there was only one person killed all through the war. So when we came to live in Blackpool after being in Manchester, it was like heaven. You know, you didn't. They did have air raid shelters, but nobody used them. Um, you didn't. You could go to bed at night and not worry about having to listen for for the air raids. You know, it was it was a different way of life once we came to live in blackpool
0: did as a child did you in well there was there was the obvious safety part did you enjoy living in blackpool was it did you did you go to the seaside as a child
1: well yes but we usually went to wales until war broke out we always went to wales different parts of wales for our holidays and we went with um my mother's friend, and she, she was a funeral director. Uh, when when we were very small, in the first house I lived in, uh, she lived just on one corner and the school was on the other corner. And she had a a very um, rather exclusive funeral director. They were quite posh. But her husband ran, ran off and left her, you see. And he went off with some woman. And she was absolutely in a terrible state and she came to see my mother of course and uh, my mum said well you did most of the work anyway you don't need him all he did was appear at a funeral with his top hat on you know you're the one who did the work and behind the scenes they also had a joiner who made who worked in the cellar and he made the coffins and my brother and i used to play in the in the cellar Uh, when he when he'd gone home We'd play there with Mavis, who was Mrs. Stamper's only child, and we used to play houses in the coffins. It was quite good, really, quite entertaining. Anyway, Mrs. Stamper and Mavis used to come on holiday with. Us. So what she did, she 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 got two two of her nephews from Ireland to come over, and they were both very tall, handsome guys, and uh, she trained them up, and they worked in the funeral director's job with her, you see. Um, And in fact, years later, when my father died, it was 26 years later, when my father died after my mother, they were still working there. Yes, and um, because we had the same directors, you see, funeral people. But yes, we used to go off on holiday in this daimler, beautiful car one of the funeral cars you see and Wally one of the boys would take drive us over to wales and then a week or two weeks later come and collect us and take us back again that that went on for years until the war broke out
0: mm. in, in a used to drive around in a funeral car yeah, yeah.
1: well you see it held, it held everybody there was room for there was room for the driver and my father, and mum, and Mrs. Stamper, and four children, R3 and her one.
0: So this is this is like a hearse vehicle that holds a coffin. Oh, it wasn't
1: a hearse. No, it was like a big limousine.
0: Ah, oh, right. Very big
1: limousine. Daimler was a beautiful car, like Rolls Royce. Ah,
0: oh, so Daimler-Benz as in Mercedes. Oh, yes. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But
1: German. I was always saying, Mm. I was always sick and he used to have to stop to let me out to be sick. And when my father died and he came to the house, he, it, it, my father was, uh, the funeral was in Manchester, you see, because he, he was near there when he died. And um, I opened the door and this man was stood there, silver hair, but he, did, he looked the same. And I looked at him and I said, are you Wally? And he looked at me, and remembering I was 36 then, he looked at me and he said, you're the little devil that used to be sick in my car.
0: (laughs) Oh, really?
1: (laughs) That was at my father's funeral, yes, Yes. (laughs) Yeah.